I'd like to welcome everyone who's listening to the WFMJ 21 podcast. I'm Jennifer Brindisi, anchor of 21 News Midday from 12 to 1 each day. I also report and uh, do these podcasts, which are just as thrilling for me as I, I as I hope they are for you. Today, we'll be talking about former Vice President Walter Mondale, who has recently passed away at the age of 93. And we have a very special guest with us. Uh, so happy to have a Donna de Blasio, Professor uh, Emerita of History, and uh, she knows uh, quite a bit about quite a bit, uh, I should say that, (laughs) and um, she's going to give us some insight uh, into Walter Mondale as a person, and and then what he did really as a lasting legacy in the world of politics. So thank you for joining us, Donna. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. Absolutely. So first, uh, you know, people mourning the passing of uh, Mondale, now they start to talk about him being more than just Carter's vice president. Uh, Walter Mondale had a run for a presidency and was uh, perhaps best known for having a female on the ticket for the first time ever. That's in, on a major party ticket. That is correct. Uh, I was Geraldine Ferraro, and um, I'm old enough, <laughs> to say the least, to remember uh, when that happened. I, um, being Italian American and a woman and a Catholic, I know I was just thrilled that somebody who looked like me was up there. I, I, and uh, actually, um, even my parents were were also both Italian and Italian America were just thrilled. So I know there was that reaction, but the the fact that, you know, this is groundbreaking. She was also would have been the first Italian American on a major party ticket Mm -hmm. to, uh, and still the only so far. Yeah, that is correct. And only would have been the second Catholic. And had they won, she would have been the first Catholic vice president. Wow. Had they at the time, uh, was it a surprise, I guess, at the time uh, when well, he chose her or or was it uh, was it something that had been discussed? I, I think it was something that was discussed that, that they thought that, well, maybe that would give the Democratic nominee an edge. But but you also have to remember Walter Mondale was um, a lifelong or at least career long proponent of civil rights. Uh, person for persons of color and for women. And he thought his comment was, it was really about time that this happened. And there was a lot of, I, even I can recall at the time, there was a lot of lobbying, if you will, by, you know, folks in the party talking about, we need a woman on the ticket. It's about time or, you know, or a person of color, you know, mm-hmm. for specifically an African-American person. Um I just was reading some of the, you know, some of the articles. And and I guess one of the people he had considered was Dianne Feinstein, who's now the senior senator from California. Mm -hmm. And she had been mayor of San Francisco at that point, but (laughs) opted to go with Ferraro instead. But there was, I remember that generating a lot of, (coughs) excuse me. These are the times in uh, the podcast where we all need to have a a drink of water because there's a lot of talking that goes on. (coughs) Yeah, (coughs) it's allergies. 
And you know what you said about the um, the activist part of Walter Mondale, he really was an activist in mm-hmm. his early days before he got into politics and then, uh, you know, became a senator and mm-hmm. worked very hard towards fair housing and and a lot of things that I, I didn't realize were were a part of his philosophies and part of his politics, really. Oh, absolutely. He was a, he was with uh, Minnesota was the Democratic Farm Labor Party. That's what they, their name was. <clears throat> and uh, that whole, <clears throat> excuse me, that goes way back. That whole idea of the farm labor stuff. I mean, you were talking about stuff that started in the 19th century. And there was also a Republican version in Wisconsin, the Farm Labor Party, um, that was, you know, we would call them quote unquote liberals, but they would be considered somewhat left of center. They were the progressive capital P progressive as opposed to small P progressive that came out of the progressive era. And there was a democratic version and that was Mondale's. That was his party. And um, yeah, he was um, the fair housing was really one of his landmark pieces of legislation. So we, I don't think people realize how important he was with that Mm. in terms of really fighting his whole political career for equity. Right. I, I know one of the um, articles uh, in Politico had called him uh, one of the old school Democrats, perhaps one of the last uh, old school Democrats. And what do, what do you think they mean by that? You know, that's a really good question. Um, maybe they mean more like the old New Deal Democrats. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure mm-hmm. where you have... Um, you have, you know, that, and he saw it. I know he, from what I've read, government is a force for good, that it can change people's lives for the better, uh, that it's, you know, it's not the enemy of the people. I mean, and, um, and uh, you know, this whole idea that sometimes you really do, only the federal government can handle certain types of crises that are so big that private charities, et cetera, can't take, it's overwhelming. You can't take care of it. So I, I don't know. I'm guessing that's some of that, but um, it may be something like we're seeing now a little bit with Joe Biden. Um, and uh, the in fact that the Demo- current Democratic Party mm-hmm. is basically a center left party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Harkening back to some of the uh, philosophies that Mm -hmm. were really instilled into the Democratic Party, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, years and years ago. Right. And a strong support for labor, particularly organized labor, um, that that's really and that's been I mean, that since the New Deal has really been a heavy undercurrent in in. um, in Democratic Party politics, they, they rely well, of course, as you know, the labor the union movement's not quite what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the uh, union movement is very, the labor movement is very important to the Democratic Party and that they still you know, support it quite, not all of them. I mean, there are, you know, but the Democrats still are very much identified with, you know, support for labor and organized labor. So there's that working class kind of undertow that, you know, was or or concern for um, uh, the working class and particularly workers rights. That is, is, 
you know, the old party and I think is still there. So um, I, I'm not exactly sure what they mean by an old style Democrat. I mean, because you have all kinds of Democrats, like right. you have all kinds of Republicans, you know, you got the LBJ kind, you have the JFK kind, you have, mm-hmm. you know, you have the they, Eleanor Roosevelt's. <laughs> they do. Yeah, they do mention the New Deal Democrat. That's something Carter saw in Mondale's heritage. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what we were speaking of a little earlier is that uh, he sort of changed the face of what the vice president's role was going to be, mm-hmm. not only his location in the White House, but his involvement in who the president would choose for various appointments and, and what uh, kind of collab. They did more collaborating together, I guess, uh, than than most presidents and vice presidents had uh, prior to to Jimmy Carter. Is that is that right? That is quite true. Um, really, until Mondale, most of them, you know, they waved to each other in passing, kind of thing. And Carter too uh, was influenced by um, what happened when Roosevelt died. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt died in 45. Um, Harry Truman was his vice president, and I think he barely knew Truman. And he never bothered to tell him about the Manhattan Project. I mean, the poor man, you know, FDR dies, and the poor man takes office and finds out, oh, by the way, we have this weapon. Wow. Not sure if it's going to work, but this wow. is what it does. I mean, can you imagine that laying in no. your back? You, you've just become president. You're still fighting this war. It's not over yet. I mean, because VE Day is in May and the war doesn't end until September 1st. And that, obviously, Carter knew. He uh, knew his history. He lived through it. And um, he didn't want his vice president to be in the dark. In the nation, to be in that same spot. That and, made so much sense to me when I was listening to um, how he reshaped the 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 president the role of the president and vice president because uh, I, I guess you know many Americans out there may may believe they work much more closely together uh, and, and they do now because of Walter Mondale perhaps uh-huh. or at least a, a, at least in part of what he believed in that's correct um, He's the one that, well, as Biden always said about himself with, with President Obama, I wanted to be the last person in the room. And Mondale did that. And they also have uh, the weekly lunches. And they were together on appointments. And he offered advice to the president. I mean, they worked very closely. And as you mentioned, they moved him out of his old, the executive office building and into the West Wing. And ever since then, that's where the VP has been. And uh, I think that, you know, that's, they're essentially, you know, from what I understand, the spaces are pretty small. I've never been in that part of the, I've been in the White House, but I've not been in the West Wing. And, um, you know, they can't be all that far from each other would be my guess. It's all, you know, relatively close. And they, um, they believe they even, you know, that the advisors were, spoke together and worked together as well. And that's continued. So we're talking almost 50 years of that you know, 45 years of that kind of a tradition. And, you know, certainly that, if you know, if you look at the Veeps since then, I mean, we know how close uh, Dick Cheney was to, mm-hmm. to uh, George W. Bush. They were very close. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Al Gore was very close to to um, President uh, Clinton. So, you know, these were important. These, and that was smart because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, did LBJ really think he was going to become president on November the 22nd, 1963? And, um, you know, uh, I guess also from what I understand is that um, that uh, Mondale spoke with Hubert Humphrey when he was mulling the offer from uh, President Carter. And um, and Humphrey, you know, had been pretty treated kind of badly by by President Johnson. And, uh, you know, he th- and I'm sure Mondale thought he was going to try to talk him out, out of it. And, and Humphrey said no was the best job he ever had. And that convinced Mondale that, yes, he should become uh, Carter's running mate and, and obviously now and then vice president. So I think that's kind of that's kind of telling as well. But he knew from, you know, seeing, you know, somebody like President, well, when he was Vice President Lyndon Johnson, he was pretty much sidelined. Here's a man who had enormous experience and, you know, contacts everywhere mm-hmm. uh, being sidelined. And then all of a sudden he becomes president and boom. So you never know what's going to happen. And I think Carter was smart enough to know that. And, you know, you kind of have to put aside your ego a little bit too, I would suspect, to be that humble to say, no, I know I need a good vice president. I know I need somebody who can take over if anything happens to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that insight is so important. Now, the run for presidency um, in 1984, I believe, was mm-hmm. not successful. Mm-hmm. Um, certain speculation to why it wasn't, but Reagan was very popular oh, and yeah. charismatic. Yeah. He was definitely, I mean, he had been a movie actor, you know, so he had start, he had star power literally, but there was also Mondale saying in front of God and everybody, they was going to raise taxes. I believe it was at the democratic national Con- convention probably. <laughs> and he admitted later because that really was a big mistake. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't, you know, I don't even think that would have overcome Reagan. He really was at that point, the economy was picking up and he was very, very popular. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. he knew how to, co- he really was a great communicator. He was terrific at it. Um, you know, and I think there was, I don't know. I don't, not sure. It, it's kind of like, I always say about the 1928 election that they could have, you know, picked the Democrats could have picked, you know, somebody that was, you know, Moses coming back or some such thing would have lost anyway, because the the person who was running was running on a good economy. And that was who would have been Hoover. Uh, it was a great economy at the time. And um, the other, you know, Coolidge had been very popular, oddly enough, popular uh, because of the economy, mostly because of the economy. And then, you know, the Democrats are running, a Catholic, Irish Catholic, L. Smith, who was also what they used to say a wet. It was against prohibition. Mm. So that kind of sunk him. Mm. But it's kind of this. It was the same thing in 1984. I think I don't know what the Democrats could have done, um, who they could have run that would have uh, defeated Reagan, because he really was. He had, you know, American people saw him that in that lens and they thought he was very pop. He was very popular. And, and they had done a lot. I, I, I that really brings about uh, the lens, uh, the external influences that are happening uh, in the world and how people see themselves, how people see 
the world is really then uh, is how they sort of choose uh, who they back, not just what party lines they fall mm-hmm. for. And um, when you said that uh, Walter Mondale said he'd raise taxes, I had read that same thing and he had joked and said, uh, Reagan will tell you he won't, but uh, but will. I'm going to tell you straight up front that I'm going to. Um, so he seemed to have a sense of humor at least in, in this. And that was a part of his, I guess, person that a lot of people didn't know about him. Mm-hmm. Um, was that, you know, he enjoyed the the jobs that he held. Mm-hmm. After, after being um, in that unsuccessful run, he he stayed very active from what mm-hmm. I understand. Mm-hmm. Was it, uh, he became uh, President Clinton's uh, ambassador to Japan. And so that, that was, that was, yeah, he had gone back to practicing law and everything. And then, uh, so he became ambassador to Japan for under in the Clinton administration. So that's kind of, I think that's an interesting one. And he was always a public servant. That was, uh, then when, um, it was at 82, nine, I mean, sorry, 2002, uh, when Senator Paul Wellstone died in a crash and he, they, he was, it was in the middle of the election and they had Mondale, they asked him to run in Wellstone's place, and he did lose that election. Uh, but, you know, that was really his, he, he was still very active in public life and public right. service. Right. And mentored and I, a lot of, um, oh, mentored a lot of people. Uh, Amy Klobuchar was mentored by him. I did not know that. Yeah, I read a, I read something somewhere that she had been, um, she had oh. worked for him as, um, I don't know what she did. Something about it. Maybe in a Senate office. Yeah, something in the office, and um, and uh, he 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 was really good at uh, mentoring young people for politics, and he told he convinced her to run for office. I'm seeing that now. She Uh called him a mentor, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, called him an amazing leader who made a, a difference on the national stage. It's it's interesting, too, because, you know, he also taught. And I think mm-hmm. uh, I, I wasn't aware that he was also a teacher um, and taught uh, university students mm-hmm. at some point. Taught law. Yeah. Is he, well, obviously a law degree. So, yeah, he, he taught uh, University of Minnesota visiting professor of law. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, too. So, I mean, he always had that public aspect. And I think the other thing that's, that's, that others have commented on was his just basic decency mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and kindness. And, and, and yes, and he had a wicked sense of humor, apparently. Mm-hmm. One, one of the anecdotes I read is he had considered running for president in 1976, but he said he, he wasn't going to because he really didn't want to spend the next two years in, the, um, on, in a holiday inn. And or whatever hotel, and um, then of course he becomes the, the the running mate for for Carter. And somebody asked him about it. He goes, "Well, I really hear they've upgraded their amenities." Which <laughs> 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 I thought was delightful. I said, "Yep, <laughs> that's wonderful. That's a great story. Um, uh, a long a long life, a long life of mm-hmm. service." And I enjoy looking back at some of the photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, of of him uh, with Jimmy Carter, of him in the Senate, of him campaigning, um, just very showed a, showed that sense of uh, real kind hearted social 
person who mm-hmm. wanted to be around people and uh, wasn't the kind that wanted to be maybe so surrounded by secret service, you know, wanted to branch out a little bit and shake some hands. And I, I think that the pictures show that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he, 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 his humility is interesting too. And, and he, he had a, I think from what I've read, a really good sense of himself. And he said, look, I know I'm not the greatest order. He, he admitted that, that I'm not a public speaker. I'm not a great order. And, uh, that, you know, he didn't have charisma and he knew that, but he was just such a solid, decent human being, you know? And I like that he mentored younger people. I think that's important. I Uh, think that's so important when you leave that legacy, uh, because everybody takes a part of what you gave them, mm -hmm. whether it be a piece of advice or years of experience, they learned something Mm -hmm. and valued it enough to put it into their current job and their current mm-hmm. role. And I think that's just really how everybody should be. Uh, it died at the age of 93, um, mm-hmm. a long life. And um, I guess Donna is, is, are there any la- few, last few words that you would want to say uh, about him and, and his lasting legacy? Well, uh, well, I think it's interesting. He was quite a family man. He had his wife, Joan, preceded him in death. I'm going to say, I believe she died in 2014. And you know, so they were married a very long time. Uh, three children and his, his daughter, Eleanor, passed away also because I believe she had brain cancer. And then he has two sons that survived and, and grandchildren. So um, he's got that personal legacy. But I, I think... I got to say, I really think his biggest impact is how he changed. He and President Carter changed the office of the vice presidency to make it something that um, really, I guess, meaning more meaningful. Mm-hmm. And, and that person that you pick can contribute and learn. And, you know, God forbid anything does happen, right? That person can step in if they have to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, doesn't get a big surprise. Like, oh, by the way, um, let me tell you about the nuclear weapons. We were <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that I can't imagine. No. I still think about poor Truman going, what? <laughs> I mean, thank God D-Day was way over, right? <laughs> but it was like, <laughs> we're doing why did why did someone not prepare me he had been been vice president as of january the 20th 1945 and no and fdr dies early april and no one told you in that you know two and a half months that oh harry by the way um i think that had i just think of that poor man so you know having learned from that Mm -hmm. i think you know what the way Mondale was willing and Carter were willing to transform that office is really important and significant. And obviously it's still with us. I mean, when president Biden asked uh, VP Harris, now VP Harris to join the ticket, he's, they agreed she would be the last one in the room mm-hmm. that they would have their weekly lunches, you know, that, that everything he had done under Obama was the stuff that Mondale did under Carter. So it's, you know, it's a nice continuity. And, and I think something that's changed the way we govern for the better. I wonder what his thoughts were. I'm sure I could find them. Uh, when 
uh, Biden and, and Kamala Harris were elected. Mm. After so many people compared, you know, the last female who was on the 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 major ticket as vice president, um, I wonder what his thoughts were for the this year. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. I'm sure. I'm, I think you're right. You probably can find <laughs> that. Right. I mean, he had, you know, um, there well, there have been what three nominees because there mm-hmm. Sarah Palin back sure. in. Um, in the 08 election, mm-hmm, the 08 mm-hmm. election, and now, now uh, VP Harris. So, uh, so, and I should add to his legacy of fighting for uh, equity in government and and in society will also be his his two legacies. Will be the the vice presidency, and I think his lifelong dedication and pursuit of equity for all uh, should be yeah you know, should be part of his his legacy. Something that rings so true mm-hmm. in 2021. Amen. And Especially as we're all waiting the results of the Derek Chauvin trial. Yes. Uh, who knew the, the foreshadowing that, that he, he would, he would uh, be a part of when he was uh, passing mm-hmm. those things for those things, talking about those those very issues, um, and years later, it would be such a, a different world, yet the same in many right. ways, right. Um, and still fighting for those those senses of equality. Um, Donna, I really appreciate your insight. Uh, thank you so much. It was a, a nice a way to talk about Walter Mondale and hear a bit about his personal life and his professional life and what he believed in. And, and thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. That was, this was lovely. I'm glad I got a chance to talk about this.